1: four
0: three two one cue music this is movies first with alex first and chris coleman don't know what it is about 2017 and tennis movies but we've had one big one now we have another one borg versus McEnroe. alex first what is it about tennis and
1: cinema well one thing about sport generally is it makes great great cinema it really does because you're absorbed, you may know what the outcome is, but you often don't know about the journey. That's why they make movies like this.
0: So, make who, who gets to be Bjorn Borg and who gets to be John McEnroe?
1: Shia LeBouf. Do you like him? Do you not like him? John McEnroe?
0: He hasn't been up to much lately.
1: No, he's got a bit, of, uh, a bit of personal issues, I reckon. Yeah. No, that, that's what we read about anyway, so uh, it's a pity because he he was one of these big blockbuster heroes and they never quite you know, did the A-list thing. And he was headed in the right direction for a while, too. I'm not saying that Borg versus McEnroe is going to get him back there. But, yeah, he does a, a decent job. And then there's a guy called Severia Gudnason. He plays Bjorn Borg. So they found a Swede to play Bjorn Borg. All right. So the accent will be good, then. The accent and the look. Boy, he... I took a double take when I first saw him because initially you get to see what they really look like and then you see the characters. So I think the makeup artists and uh, the prosthetes. What, what are they called? The prosthetists?
0: Yeah, you go for that, yeah.
1: That'll do. That'll, well, I don't, I don't know how much pr- prosthesis is involved, but obviously getting a haircut in a particular way or wearing a wig or what, it all, it all works nicely. It's a film about two of the greatest names in world tennis. I remember watching these classic matches between the two of them, known as Iceborg, of course, and then there was The Petulance of uh, McEnroe. Yep. Which we know about, you know, screaming at anybody within Cooey when he didn't like what was going on. Did you kick and scream? Did you sort of lie on the ground and uh, and sort of basically uh, sort of hammer your fists against the uh, the carpet? Well, anyway. Anyone who
0: says they didn't do that as a, as a as a small child is is lying. However, to do it as a professional tennis player, <laughs> there's a different story.
1: Yeah, look, he was a brilliant tennis player. No questioning how how brilliant he was on the court. But a lot of people felt that uh, he went far, far too far. And he, he's very outspoken. He's a great commentator. I and mean, when remember, he used to do that for Channel Seven. In oh, look, Melbourne. he
0: is he is certainly far and away the best analyst of the game. And you know, I, I love it when I get uh, NBC's coverage on on international tennis <laughs> tournaments because he's on there and it's brilliant.
1: Well, really, the, these two are the undisputed. Kings of the court. Number two at the time was McEnroe. And Bjorn Borg, well, there was no better. And we're talking about 1980 before the Wimbledon final. That that's what this is the whole movie concentrates upon. The director's Janis Metz. Janis Metz directed well a documentary called Armadillo. I think it was about 2010. He, this is his first feature film. And it's he reckons Borg McEnroe is the tennis version of Raging Bull. So, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a stretch. Let yeah, me- maybe,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although with McEnroe involved, you never know.
1: Well, it's about two young men fighting to be the best in order to prove themselves, in order to have importance, to be someone or somebody. Locked in this rivalry against each other, one of the greatest in the history of sport, I might say. You know, I suppose you could consider in contemporary terms, you'd have Federer versus... Well, two people, I suppose, Rafael Nadal primarily, right? Because I mean, both of them. If Nadal plays for long enough, I know that this is highly unlikely, but he could overtake. He could overtake Federer in terms of the number of, of majors he, he will win. I I doubt it. I personally. don't
0: think so. I think I think Federer yeah. is yeah probably safe at the top.
1: Mm. But I mean, it, it's a far more respectful rivalry. I, I would have thought in terms of the, the characters involved, a far more well, seemingly respectful of the game, although that's to sell John McEnroe short because it's the passion. His passion was never in question. It was the way he conducted himself. That, I don't that. think
0: they'll ever make a movie about Federer versus Nadal or
1: Federer versus Murray. Oh, God, Federer versus Murray. That would be a snooze fest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, again, they'd have to find a lot of elements that we don't know about, and and mm. that's what that's what a biopic does. So, okay, We've got this, this rivalry that they're ultimately playing against themselves and their own demons. That That's the way I perceive Borg versus McEnroe. And as Metz puts it, both of them had a special ability to drive themselves to the edge and then beyond, something that he believes characterises most great achievers. And maybe that's true. Although the world saw them as, as opposites, they had this one thing in common, and they recognised that in each other. They blo- both played tennis as if their lives depended upon it. So petulance personified, (laughs) that sums up what you get from, for what all intents and purposes, has the look and feel of a telly movie. There are places you visit and places you behold, full of natural wonders that beckon with the promise of a feeling you haven't felt in a long time, a feeling you're in the right place, immersed in a moment you never want to end. It's here in West Virginia. From lush rolling hills to quiet streams and unexpected adventures. A place full of mystery and endless fascination. A place that's almost heaven. Find your version of heaven at wvtourism.com.
0: You're listening to Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. For more, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. So
1: does it suffer on the big screen? Yeah, look, I say that having recently viewed the far more worthy tennis bedfellow battle of the sexes that we talked about. Mm. Uh, McEnroe, in large measure, he's painted as extremely arrogant and rude, no redeeming features other than a determination to win at all costs. And Borg is is shown as a tortured figure, forever on the edge of a breakdown, all but McEnroe's equal, believe this or not, in the histrionic stakes.
0: Well... See, this when, is the thing. Because McEnroe went over the top so much, he's the one who is largely remembered for that kind well, of stuff. But I know Borg, through the odd hissy fit out there on the tennis court as well, he was as capable as being as surly and as grumpy as the next bloke. You know? And remember, Jimmy Connors was in this era as well. It was when tennis was sort of going away from, oh, you have to be a gentleman out there on the court.
1: Yeah, well, this was when he was a, a kid. This was when he was a youth and finding his way in the game. I'm talking about Borg. And now, what we have within the context of 1980, as a four-time Wimbledon champ, his Iceman exterior hides deep-seated angst, even paranoia. Now, nor was I sold on the characterizations of Borg's coach, Lennart Balgelin, played by Stellan Skarsgård, who, for the most part, is standoffish and then paternalistic, and Borg's, well, eternally understanding, let's say, that fiancé, Mariana Simonescu, played by Tuva Novotny, who, for the most part, well, she just looks depressed. There's no other ways of putting this, Chris. And to me, it felt like the writer, Ronnie Sandal, saw the need to push the envelope on everything to do with two of the greatest names in tennis to try to manufacture great attention in this movie. I mean, most, most of us who care about tennis, well, all of us who, who care about tennis know the outcome of the 1980 Wimbledon final in which Borg was gunning for his fifth straight title at the All England Club and with it a place in the history books. So that was never in doubt. But boy, did the filmmakers drag out the match itself. It seemed to go on forever, complete with a score. Uh, this is a music score, no, no pun intended, that attempted to milk the emotion. So it was too much. I was ready to throw in the towel, if you don't mind me using a, a mixed sporting metaphor. And in fact, Borg versus McEnroe is a failed attempt to create a deep and meaningful storyline from a simple rivalry between two outstanding players. And I do hope if the these filmmakers or some others attempt to craft a picture about Federer and Nadal in, say, 30 or 40 years' time, i <laughs> will make a better and less melodramatic job of it.
0: Yeah. See, I reckon they may have been better to have gone for, say, Borg, McEnroe and Connors. Not just focus on one match, but focus on that great three-way tussle that we had. As you know, Connors was uh, at the end of his career as Borg was getting to the peak of his. And then as Borg went down, McEnroe was coming up. It might have worked a little bit better because, again, Jimmy Connors is such an interesting man. But, hey, they went with Borg versus McEnroe. And what did we finish up with? A
1: five out of ten, a bare pass. You've been listening to Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Subscribe to the full podcast at Audioboom, Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com.
0: Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal
1: underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family...